can say that I had a few strikers that played for me and, and they are not bad. I had one guy called Dropper. He played for me uh, four seasons. He scored 186 goals, which gives an average of 46 goals per season. I had one guy that is not also bad. Uh, he plays for Juventus now. Uh, he played for me three seasons. He scored 168 goals, which gives an average of 56 goals per season. Now, is, is Shane on yet? We have an, uh, one of our best friends uh, who's an Arsenal fan is also coming on. Is, oh, God. I don't know where the <laughs> hell he is. No, Shane's the best. Uh, Can you guys hear me? Uh, yeah. Is. is that is that the bro man? Yeah, I've, yeah. I've been on, but my I'm trying to get this on Do Not Disturb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just got to uh, swipe up on the bottom of the phone. Samsung, baby. I don't. I don't use iPhone. Oh God! Well, well that's your problem, <laughs> Shane. That's your problem. Um, He's also me a too. fan, so. I mean, there's a lot of issues going on here with the brother man. <laughs> <laughs> right, my f- give me two seconds. What the fuck? Yeah, we uh, don't need any of your shoddies uh, giving you a phone call during any of this, Shane. All right, none of the ladies need to talk to you right now. Dude, the, 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 the Rona has messed with the pimpin. <laughs> Hello, Chelsea friends. Welcome to another edition of the London is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, a.k.a. Carlito. And I got to be perfectly real with y'all. This was a tough one. This was an incredibly big, fat, terrible pill to swallow. I am profoundly disappointed in the result I feel as though we have just exonerated Arsenal's really bad season by letting them off the hook and giving them Europa League football. Now, is Azerbaijan really Europe? I mean, I guess it's deep Europe, but it's nevertheless European football. So Mikel Arteta can go to Stan Kroenke and Josh Kroenke and say, hey, look what I did. Now give me money to buy better players like Wilfred Zaha, who I do think is going, and we are not going to get him. Marv and I like that dude, and I'm pissed that we're not going to get him. So all of these things aside, I am actually very disappointed in how naive Frank Lampard uh, put together the team. Uh, I am extremely disappointed in the lack of leadership from Cesar Espelicueta, who I've been on record saying is a fake leader uh, and should not be captain of this team, should not be on this team. But regardless, we are doing a season-end review as well as going over the FA Cup final. I am joined by Paulinho, my co-host in crime. How are you doing today, Paul? Tough one to swallow, like you said, Carlito, but uh, in a way, I think it is a fitting end. Uh, Yeah, it really is. Bad defense. It's been the case the entire season. We are joined uh, by one of our best friends, the brother man, Arsenal super fan himself. Shane, how are you today? I'm living the dream. I'm still on a high. Got a few bottles of champagne (laughs) left to pop, you know. Fuck you. I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. (laughs) Okay, now... We have, uh, we have two guests on from the world of Worldwide Chelsea. Uh, it's a podcast and it's a blog. Uh, it's hosted by Sadiq, who's a very good friend of this show. I absolutely love Sadiq. Uh, and we are joined by Lump of Chelsea. We've got Kamal. What's going on, dude? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. This is an honor. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, uh, just bring the ruckus, my dude. We, we can't wait to have you on and hear what you have to say. And we are 
joined by recurring guest, one of our absolute favorites. He's a great follow on Twitter. He goes by the name Marv the Greatest, which is just an unbelievable handle. Uh, Marvito, what's going on, man? Don't forget the handle. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's. I would. I normally come on to all these pods saying, "Yeah, I'm feeling great. How are you?" Uh, in this case, yeah, I'm feeling utterly depressed, and I'm really struggling to find words. So I'll do my best throughout this show. Yeah, it's it's such an insufferable fan base that now can dance on our graves for the next three months in Arsenal. You know, before we get started, I want to address something. Sadiq, who is uh, worldwide Chelsea, he's the leader of it. He went to, I guess it was some rally with AFTV, Arsenal Fan TV, and then Carefree Lewis, who was really good, uh, represented Chelsea. And then there's this kid named Ian, uh, who they gave two inches of one corner of the table to sit on in this unbelievable uh, gesture of disrespect. <laughs> he was just hanging off the table. But they had this pre-match thing where they were answering questions uh, you know, Robbie was there and all those guys. And Sadiq asked him a question. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, and again, I love Sadiq and I do not criticize him often. But I'm, think, I'm sitting there thinking, why are you asking these guys questions? Because they all they say is nonsense. And when they feel like they're losing an argument, they just yell. And then they judge who wins the argument by the person that yells the loudest. And then DT will go off swearing and all this bullshit. And I'm just thinking to myself, man, don't, don't give these guys any more pub. I, I just don't understand why people actually even listen to ASTV. It's just Robbie and DT and fucking troops just swearing into a camera. And when things go right, they're really right. And when things go wrong, it's catastrophic. And I don't understand that. Shane, you are a supporter of ASTV. And Robbie, I want to ask you why. Yeah, I'm a fan of Robbie and troops and DT even though sometimes they say things that don't really make sense because it's given us a chance to be in media, right? Like we have a podcast. We have no media background. We can just record a podcast. Right. They bought cameras, they create a YouTube channel, and that's their thing. In addition to that, it actually gives us the fan perspective, right? So it just shows us that no matter where you are in the world, once you care for a team, you support a team, you're going to react sometimes irrationally and you're going to say stupid things, and you're going to be emotional. So it's just giving us raw, unfiltered information. Now, as DT and Troops have become more popular, they've, in some instances, become characters of themselves. Exactly. However, however, I don't think when you're saying why you're giving these guys a platform, I think that's really unfair, because we have people like Gary Neville, Rio Ferdinand, um, Danny Murphy, who I especially hear too stupid, like yesterday, Danny Murphy's commenting on the Arsenal and Chelsea game, and he doesn't analyze the game at all. And you made some very important points in the beginning about Aspilicueta. He has had a poor season, and he does have deficiencies, but they would never highlight those things in the game analysis. So Troops, Robbie, Kalichi, they all deserve their platform because they're fans and they have a voice. And it's it's freedom of expression. Anyone can express themselves. And people love that content. Whether you don't like the screaming or not, people love it. So Entertainment. I think it's correct. Yeah. Well, I just I guess I, mean, I just like the way that Sadiq does it so much more. He's so much more rational and thoughtful. And he thinks before he speaks. And that's why I have so much respect for him. Uh, Kamal, what do you think? Uh, AFTV to me sums up. 70% of the Arsenal fans <laughs> um, 
they're just all loud and obnoxious. Now, growing up in London during an era where Arsenal were successful, you know, winning titles, you know, winning multiple trophies, like domestic trophies, obviously nothing in Europe, but they they were so obnoxious yeah. all the fucking time. And it's just, AFTV just resembles that so well. They just, I don't You there? He's uh, gone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and and that's exactly what you get for bad talking. Yeah. Me, you know, <laughs> I'll fill in for him uh, for this uh, question. Please, uh, Marv, go on. Whilst I do agree about his comment about Danny Murphy, who just kind of lives to deep throat Liverpool's cock for every time he's on the TV. Yep. Um, if we, we, we anyone does deserve a platform, yeah, yeah, of course that is true. Um, but when we're glorifying, quite frankly, fat waste of space like DT, and we're glorifying such a shit club like Arsenal, um, why are we kind of, you know, they win one game, they think they're the biggest club uh, in the world, and they're just an embarrassment. And they've won well, one well, game. They've won well, one said... game. They've won one game because of uh-huh. cheating. Quite frankly, cheating. And if they don't uh-huh. accept this, you know, then they're just fucking stupid to me. Um, you know, I like Robbie. I met him in person. I was actually a really good guy, but some of the yeah. people put on that show, my God. <laughs> yeah, come oh, on, you got geez. caught off. Go ahead, buddy. No, I apologize for that. Um, my son no, was fine. banging you're on fine. the door, so I apologize. Um, so, yeah, like, <laughs> I, as I was saying, it's like they sum up the Arsenal fan that I grew up with, just loud and obnoxious. And not, in my opinion, they don't really use a lot of logic. It's just, you know, screaming random statistics or facts and in a way to get their point across, as opposed yeah. to actually listening and being, you know, resoundful and like getting their point across in a proper way. It just, to me, they just don't really make much sense. But I get why, you know, they're loud and obnoxious and, you know, clickbait is perfect for them. And Robbie's tapped into that. Yeah. When I, when I watched, um, you know, that, that table discussion, that pregame thing with AFTV and Lewis, Lewis is fine. He's a good representative of Chelsea, but Ian, Ian should, should not have been there. It should have been someone else. And I think that's one of the criticisms that I will have of Chelsea as a fan base is that you have AFTV and they are incredibly representative of their team. Now, are they annoying? Incredibly. In fact, they're insufferable and they give me a splitting migraine headache every time I watch them. However, they are consolidated. And with Chelsea, you've got a hundred different Chelsea podcasts and a bunch of YouTubers. And I'm thinking to myself, why don't you guys consolidate and make yourself AFTV, but not for morons. <laughs> Go ahead, Marv. I'm very curious about this. I don't understand why yeah. you guys don't all consolidate. Yeah, I mean, they are. I mean, if we're talking about the fan TV, there are some nice guys in there. Um, I mean, there's, uh, you know, Robbie, I met him in person. He was pretty cool. And I like, I can't, who's the, the dude with the headphones? He's, he's normally yeah, pretty nice. Yeah, he is. When you... When you get good fans on there, I think it's 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 all right. You get people that actually want to talk about the game and kind of actually engage and stuff like that. But then you you give uh, and we do it. We do do this. There, there are so many idiots with the platform. Believe me, I see them all the time. Most of them are blocked. The Chelsea ones, but there are many. There are many. And you know, I don't know why. I guess people like seeing that, especially when I guess people more fans of other clubs watch AF fan TV than Arsenal fans. I think just because they normally lose games, correct? So they're normally they're, they're getting all the meltdowns. I guess I, I bet that they're ones where they've won. They've got less yeah. viewers. Okay. All right. So we've belabored that point enough. But, but, but I, before I, 
one. Um, Mark, <laughs> there's, there's a few there's a few um, inaccuracies with the statements, right? There's actually statistics that show that when Arsenal win, they do get more views. And it's always interesting that people mention DT troops, but it won't mention Lee, who actually... Uh, I, don't, I don't watch that often. Right. I, I don't really watch other club stuff, so I, mean, right. I don't so, know the extra... So, so, so the fact that you don't watch another club stuff and you have such strong words based on two characters that go viral in an environment that promotes negativity shows that you're feeding into the same thing you speak about. It could... Well, it's because I've spoken to them before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, all right. So, so all right. I have experience by knowing these people. I've, I've, I've met troops before. I've never met troops. I don't know much about him, but I didn't mention him. It's certainly really DT. I don't really right. so, think he's a good character. So, so, so one person makes a platform back. Uh, it is. He does. If, he, if he's front and center, yes. He is representative of that yeah. platform. Interesting. They put, they put DT and troops out there for a reason. They advertise those two fuckers because they have sponsors. Uh, that's fine, Shane, but it does not make my point any less true. Regardless, all right, let's get to the game because I could talk about those assholes all day. All right, one quick thing. One quick thing. Lee, I know Shane mentioned Lee. Lee was laughing at Christian Bullisic yesterday. Take a fuck off. Who, 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 who Lee? Are you talking about? This who Lee? I'm talking about Lee judges. Exactly. He was laughing at Christian Pulisic's injury yesterday. That's just unbelievable to me. Um, I, I, I I didn't see that. If he did that, that's embarrassing. But I, yeah. All right. Let's get considering considering most of us are actually quite sympathetic about Mustafi's right. injury. I think this is, yeah, he's quite pathetic. Really. Okay. Let's get to the game because this is going to be a good one. Um, I can already tell. So <laughs> number one, and I want to say this because when I was coaching, I was such a dick to the refs such a dick throughout the game. I would abuse the hell out of them. But when the game was over, you will never, ever hear me blame the referees for us losing. Ever. Never. I've never done it. I never did it as a player. I don't do it as a fan, and I never did it as a coach. So when you have people like Alex Goldberg, who I have just recently reconciled with, by the way, but when he's on there and you have other people saying, oh, this is Anthony Taylor's mess. We lost because of Anthony Taylor. Fuck all with these shitty calls. No, no, no. Shut up. Shut up. We lost because we didn't score enough goals. We lost because Aspilicueta did not defend Aubameyang properly. Aubameyang wasn't going to score from that angle. What are you doing taking him down? You're supposed to be the captain. You're supposed to be, you're supposed to be player of the season. Aspilicueta. Bullshit. Bullshit. We lost because we did not play well. Arsenal ran us off the damn park. And this 3-4-3 shit that I've been harping on and I, that I've lost 50 followers in the last 25 hours <laughs> because of, okay, I was right. I was right. If we play a 3-4-3 against Arsenal, they will go right down the middle and run us off the park. And they fucking did exactly that. They played so much better than us because of the formation, because of the personnel. And it ain't the damn referee's fault. I don't care if he made mistakes. He does not have an agenda against Chelsea. That is utterly fanciful. We lost because we weren't good enough. What do you think, Paul? 100% agree. You got to take it out of the ref's hands. Like you said, we had a chance to do that. If, if the game wasn't so tight, the calls wouldn't have mattered. And to be fair, we matched their 3-4-3. Or they matched our three four three. Either way, you want to look at it. But, <laughs> but 
uh, Arteta plays the Pep style where the kind of wing backs actually pinch in, mm-hmm. and that creates a problem through the middle. And we were exposed. Big time. What do you got, uh, Kamal? Uh, for me, yeah, you're 100% right. Um, you know, the referee, I mean, okay, he had some horrendous decisions, and we can all agree on that. Sure. But from the outset, we were not good. I mean, for the first 15 minutes, we were phenomenal, and then for some reason, we were just like, all right, this is going to be easy. We're already 1-0 up. Let's take a foot off the gas. You know, it's going to be a simple ride. Um, you know, the referee doesn't stop fucking Rudiger getting nutmegged by Bellerin. <laughs> you know, the, the referee doesn't stop... Like you said, Aubameyang going past Azpilicueta on, you know, a ball over the top. So, okay, the referee had, like, some bad decisions and everything like that. But, no, we were we were horrendous. There's no doubt. Lampard even said, you know, you, you can look at the game as a whole. Lampard was de- so dejected. You could tell he was like, I, yeah. what were the guys doing? He was not impressed. So, no, we were terrible. We were terrible. And the referee, I know me and you, Carlito, got into it. I don't want to say get into it, but we kind of discussed this yesterday about referee and the Barcelona game, that's, you know, this is a completely separate issue. And, yeah, no, we were just we were just not good. We were absolutely not good enough to win this game. Yeah, you can never let them be an actual part of the game. You just can't. And we did, but that's on us. It's not on Anthony Taylor. Okay, this is on us. We did not play well. And we allowed the referee to dictate the game. And I'm sorry, but you're a professional. You, you need to be above that, and you need right. to move on from that. And we didn't. We, uh, we were all up in our own head, and it was, it was extremely disappointing. Marv, what do you got? I'm quite interested. I, I half agree. Um, I agree in the point that we didn't play well. Uh, this is obviously true. Um, in many cases, you can't really blame the ref. I think if we were thinking about certain games, I mean, even I'd actually go the other way and say there's a lot more in this than there is in the Ovrebo. Um simple for the fact of the Ovrebo, we shouldn't have conceded that goal. Uh, if we didn't consider a goal, we had, we had 11 against 10 in that game. So we, we always seem to avoid that point. We should have won. Uh, in this case, there are 20, uh, I think 20 or more that I've uh, dug up decisions from Mar- um, from this guy, Anthony Taylor, that has cost us. Handball 2017 final, Sanchez given as a goal. Uh, Gazaniga kicking Alonso in the face, no card. Um, Kovacic red card. Uh, Bruno Fernandes fouling William in the box, not even a foul. Handling of the ball outside, the one you saw yesterday. Red card for uh, Son kicks Rudiger, <laughs> no red card. Uh, VIR had to actually overturn that for us in our favour. Um, there's another F- Fabregas sent off for diving, clear penalty. This, I think this was also, this was against Southampton. Uh-huh. Uh, another one that's that's number ten. Um, Man United two goals disallowed. He, he uh, the Harry Maguire kick out and back mm-hmm. wide. Um, what else we look at? Deli Ali kicks Mateo Kovacic. Yep. Remember that? Yep. Kovacic gets booked. Um, David Luiz getting taken out by Aguero. You remember? I that? do. Oh yeah. Not even a foul given. Um, what else we got? Uh, Lo Celso stamping on Aspeliqueta. Nothing at all. And that, though, I mean, is that not an agenda? I, I mean, how how many decisions can you get wrong? Look, that's a staggering amount, Marv. I will give you that, and good on you for doing all that homework because I'm sure that was difficult. Uh, I it, it <laughs> does not take away from the fact that we did not deserve to win the game, and it was not the referee that scored the goals against us. I'm sorry, but having one player less plays a part uh, in that. I don't care. I'm sorry, man. I cannot. You cannot. 
convince me to blame a referee when we did not play well. I'm sorry. It's just, it's not how I'm built. I cannot blame the ref for the fact that our formation was shit. Our mentality was lazy. The coach got it completely wrong. And our captain was awful because he's not a good player. Yeah, it's one thing if you play well and it's a close match and there's something that goes against you and changes the, the game. Like maybe Kovacic gets that second yellow in a, close, in a close match where we're playing really well, but we weren't playing well. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta control what you can control. Mm-hmm. Shane, what do you got on this? Cause uh, you know, you were the one that was the beneficiary of these questionable officiating calls. Ah right, well, let, let's get that out of the way, right? So the referee should never be the star. He shouldn't be this prominent in a game. Mm-hmm. So definitely, he had some horrendous calls, and I don't think he should officiate again because it's not the first time he has a history of doing things like that. He's just not a good ref. But let's look at the actual facts. Chelsea dominated for the first fifteen minutes. Had Mason Mount scored that goal, which was an okay save or slipped it through to Giroud, it would have been a completely different game, right? Yeah, it would have been tuned at that point. The game would have probably been over. Um, another thing we got to highlight is Chelsea had two unfortunate injuries. Those injuries affected the rhythm of the game. Whether playing well or not, Pulisic showed yesterday again that he will make a difference. And had he not pulled his hammy on his way through goal, he would have scored. Yeah, like that was in the back of the net. So things just worked in Arsenal's favor yesterday. Something else that we need to highlight though is the fact that. Georgina was the liability. Like, you keep blaming Aspilicueta. But if we look at yesterday, right, Lacazette kept coming out and pulling Zuma. Mm-hmm. Zuma's coming and calling the sentiments for someone to come back to cover, and they're not coming back. So, so, so Zuma was out of position and had to cover a lot of ground. And I think, personally, Zuma had a really good game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Because had he not made three or four crucial interventions, it would have been probably 4-0. So... While you blame Aspilicueta a lot, I was looking at Giorgino and he wasn't really offering anything. Because all, all he was doing is he would make two steps laterally and then he would hand off and then he'd just be struggling. So it was very interesting that Chelsea didn't adjust there. Now, from an Arsenal perspective, the difference in the game is you have a, a, a striker. Shane, your audio, your audio. Can you, can you hear me? Yes. So I'm saying, yeah. The difference yesterday was Arsenal has a striker in Obamia who's a in my opinion, a B-plus striker. I always said he's not world-class because he misses too many easy chances. But he does score goals. Yesterday, he got a penalty after he burnt Aspilicueta and he had a neat finish on Zuma. Another interesting point when he beat Zuma for that goal, if Chelsea had a keeper who, who the defense trusted, that would not have been a goal because Zuma did the right thing and shown him left because he's strong on the right. Willie Caballero did not cut the angle down. And Aubameyang had enough time to think it over him. If he made himself big, that was not going to be a goal. So while Arsenal won, and I'm ecstatic, I'm very happy for a cup. I'm happy that we in Europe. I'm happy that there's more money to spend. So that Kroenke can say there's not enough money for wages or whatever it is. And we can move forward. There were just a lot of things that worked against Chelsea yesterday. And it just wasn't Chelsea's day. Like, you could be extra critical, Carl, of Aspilicueta. He did not defend all that well, but to put the blame solely on him is a bit hard. No, I'm not putting it solely on Azpilicueta. I'm blaming Frank Lampard because I asked for a 4-3-3. <laughs> Why do I want a 4-3-3? Because there's three fucking center mitts. 
you're you literally are making my point that we didn't have enough guys in the middle and Lacazette was pulling Zuma out of position. Great. Add another center mid. It's an easy fix. An easy fix. And Lampart didn't do it. Here here's the thing though, Carlito. Who who's playing left back for you? Emerson. Oh God. Never. You see, exactly. And we we have gotten this far. We know that Frank doesn't like him. Basically won't play him. Well, that's just one of the many mistakes he's made this season, including completely alienating Keppa and destroying his confidence. Like Keppa's not a shit keeper, but his his confidence is so low because Frank Lampard has destroyed that dude's psyche. Like you could just tell. Nobody trusts him because he doesn't trust himself. It's it's bad, dude. It is bad. And look, I've done that to a player before. And it completely ruins that player's game. And I will never forgive myself for doing it, but I did do it. And I am guilty of that. But he he absolutely did the same thing to Kepa. And it's it has cost us dearly this season. Multiple times. I think Kepa's cost us dearly yeah. this season. <laughs> I, can't blame, I can't blame Frank on Kepa. I, I can't. I, I was going to say, I think the two are separate for sure. What does um? I got. What do you think about that? That the Arsenal dude. What do you think? As an outsider, Shane Kepa. Uh, yeah, Shane. Shane. Kepa is not really a good keeper. He's made some very bad mistakes this season. And and I'm not I'm not sure what happened to him because when he just came to Chelsea, he was doing pretty well. I think I think part of it too was maybe the Sari factor and the fact that he. Hasn't played with consistent center backs in front of him, so they don't have a good relationship. But he's not that bad. He's just made some crucial errors this season, and I'm interested to see what happens to him going forward. Oh, I think he's gone. He's done. He's finished. Yeah, he's done. My thing. I think it's priority number one. Yeah. My thing is he's he's undersized, and that's been exposed a few times this season for oh, sure 100%. for sure you're totally yeah, right too, about no. that especially when you sit behind the goal in a game uh, the first time i see him saw him play uh it was quite an eye-opener um i was actually scared seeing his frame <laughs> i'd never i'd never seen it before i'd seen only big keepers at chelsea I think the first one i got was dimitri Karin or hitchcock one of those and then um, what a shot it was it was always Czech or, or Courtois, and they always looked huge, but you, didn't really, you took it for granted a little bit. Saw Kepa, he looked like a, you know, a 12-year-old boy in the goal. So every time there was a cross, I thought we were going to concede. Oh, he, he's, he's that small? He's He's actually not that small. He's the same size as me, but in, in the goal, he just looked tiny. Okay. Well, he's skin- I mean, he's skinny, too. His frame is slight, oh. and he's, just, he's not terribly imposing. But at the same time, I do have to say that our team defense and our lack Absolutely. of prioritizing defense yeah. this season has not done Kepa any favors whatsoever. Because, look, these are the same defenders that Sari had. These are the same defenders that that uh, Antonio Conte had. It's not like they forgot how to defend. We just didn't prioritize it, it at all. all. This was like an all-out attack team, right? Like, you know, that Kobe Bryant main pass, just get the rebound. Well, look, defend, just score more goals. And that seemed like that was the overarching philosophy of Frank Lampard. We're just going to score more goals on the other team. And I'm sorry, but that'll bite you in the ass so many times. And if you look at the statistics that we had this season and how many goals we conceded, I felt like I felt like Aston Villa. 
It was so embarrassing. How many goals we conceded? And it just didn't seem like Frank gave a shit because he certainly didn't change anything. Mm-hmm. But he just put it on Keppa and said, oh, this is Keppa's fault. This is Keppa's fault. Uh, no, it's not all Keppa's fault. This is a team thing. It's the defense. It's never only one. No, but fault. apparently, according to Chelsea Twitter, 17-year-old Chelsea Twitter, it's all Keppa's fault. Yeah, everything. Everything that my fault. ex-girlfriend broke up with me is because it's Keppa's fault. Like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. Well, he's not bad. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, okay, so we've we've belabored let's, the point enough, I guess. But let's let's get to player of the game. Aubameyang, easily, hundred percent. Yeah, no, that's an easy Three. one. Yeah. Shane, Aubameyang, hands down, game you gotta, changer. You gonna sign him again? You gonna extend his contract? Uh, if 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 I'm Aubameyang, I won't extend my contract unless Arsenal gets a new centre back. A nice athletic centre midfielder. When we have all one and, and a left winger. Uh, what, what about Matteo Guendouzi, man? I thought he was the future of football. <laughs> oh, definitely, he's a future elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gonna he's so gonna, bad. He's gonna be playing in Serie B, my man. <laughs> he is terrible. Um, okay, Paul, do you want to get to the report cards? Yeah. So on the season, now we're talking. Yeah. Who, uh, which players were a disappointment for you? Uh, let's go with Marv. Go ahead, buddy. My disappointments for uh, Chelsea's squad this season. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, there's some, some that stand out. Kepper is one. Um, Emerson another. Although, okay, he didn't play that much, but he's just. I just don't think he's a very good player. Um, Christensen, got to get out the hell out of the club fast. Um, other players that disappointed me. Uh, Jorginho. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible, but didn't do enough for me. Uh, I'm trying to think who else disappointed me. Uh, I can't really say anything about Pedri. He played. Uh, Cal- oh, Hudson Adoy, yes. one of the biggest. Ding, ding, ding. Comes on, comes on every single game. It does absolutely nothing. And football Twitter still thinks he should be playing. I do not understand it one <laughs> bit. Go right ahead, Kamal. Um, yeah, for me, it's going to be Kepa. Absolutely, far and large, the number one for me. Um, I know Bob's going to disagree, but Rudiger for me, he's just, I, I, I've, I've had enough. Um, Christensen too, actually, you know, I'm just done with the both centre-backs, to be honest. Um, Amazon too, he hasn't played enough to justify it. Um, Michi Batshuayi, obviously, you know, he was... He was given... Oh, he talked bad about Mitch. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yes, sorry, I don't know... I apologize for that. Um, yeah, Mitri Batuai, you know, he was given second reign at, you know, after Tammy at the beginning of the season, you know, when Tammy was getting, you know, tired or whatever, and he was pathetic. Um, that's, that's pretty much it for me. Is those, Shane, those what ones. about you? Um, from an outside perspective, I must say, um, Chelsea did have a few underwhelming performers, but as a positive guy, Matija Kovacic, he's a hell of a player. Oh, yeah. Um, you guys have a really, I mean, with, with him, Tammy, Tammy's a good player. Pulisic, you got some good additions. Um, the one underwoman player, I would say one of my favorites is N'Golo Kante. Um, hey, he did my have, man. He did have a few injuries this season, but he was he was off. Um, maybe it's with the whole COVID thing and his history with heart disease and things like that. Um, from Arsenal, the entire Arsenal team was underwhelming. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> only maybe Lacazette and Leno and Martinez towards the end of the season can actually um actually be proud of their season to an extent. Pepe came on later in the season and has shown flashes. It's interesting to see how he will kick on. Um, the Ozil saga has just gone on for too long. And it just shows that, um, unlike Chelsea, because when Chelsea is a player and there's a problem, they get rid of them, they move on. Arsenal just seems to linger. And the problem with Ozil is his wages and the hierarchy wants him to move on. But frankly, I don't see why a player should renegotiate his contract or move on because the club gave him a huge contract. That's not a personal problem. That's a club problem. And the fact that Arsenal has failed to address it. So the other underwhelming thing this season would be the ownership and the cranky. Shane, I have to say, um, the perpetuating narrative of Arsenal that they don't spend is false. It's just it's it's not that they don't spend; it's that they don't spend well. I don't. I think, never said. No, 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 no. But your uh-huh. your compatriots say that, Shane. Yeah, but I'm 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 representing Shane here, right? I can't, oh I can't yes, but I'm criticizing uh-huh. your I'm criticizing your fan base and your team uh-huh. now. And I'll say this: we, look, look, uh-huh. we we bought Timo Werner and uh-huh. Hakim Ziyech for the same price that you guys paid for Nicolas Pepe. Okay, and I would say that both of those players are better than Nicolas Pepe. And it's not that you guys, it's not that you don't spend, it's that you don't scout well. You don't buy, I don't, have, I don't have a problem with Pepe though. Like, Pepe he's did okay. it. he's not a 75 million dollar player. Get the fuck out of here. Come on, he is, he is in this market. Oh, justification. That is not true, Shane. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, pre, pre COVID, pre COVID, that's the best age. And his ability, he got tremendous upside. I think it was a great transfer. Plus, they're paying for him in in installments like uh, like a rent center. So it's great. Shane, you got to fix that audio, bud. Can, can you hear me now? Yes. No, yeah. I'm, I'm saying I, I think Pepe was a great piece of business. Okay, but you cannot discount Verona because it's changed no, 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 everything. No, right. no, no, no. We signed Ziek pre-Rona. We did. But that's a total different circumstance, though. Uh, yeah, because it's easy to get players to come to a big club. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or it's easy to get a player who's been on the selling block since the Champions League final and no one made an offer for him. Uh, and Chelsea. Which one is more likely? The uh, first one. I like, I like, I like Mar's <laughs> point. Um, all right, so for me... Most disappointing player of the season, you already know it's coming. It's Cesar as Filiqueta. I'm reading people say <laughs> that he should be in contention for player of the season. Are Ooh, we are we are we watching on. the same game? Are we watching the same team play football twice a week? He was horrendous this year. Backside runs. Marv uh, I had that question to Kamal and Marv on their own podcast about backside runs, about his lack of leadership about how he distracts his own teammates by yelling at the referee, but not his teammates. There's no instruction there. Okay. There's no leadership. There's no, what Jorginho does, which is point and point and tell and tell. Cesar is supposed to be that guy. And he's not. And on top of that, he's slow. He runs like he's 38 years old and has a butt plug in his ass. And on top of all of that, he's not a very good defender. So that is my disappointing player of the season. B, 
because I think he's a fake leader. And I'm tired of people in either completely ignoring or intentionally forgetting all of the really bad moments that he had this season that cost us goals, points, and wins. For my player, this just, go ahead, go ahead. But can, can I just add to Aspilicueta? Uh, you you heard the announcers during the match say Aspilicueta, one of the best one-on-one defenders in the league. Uh huh. And that may have once been true, but absolutely off the ball is a big, very big part of the defending. And this season, as you said, just getting beat for speed behind him. Well, it's it's not just that. And you made the point about off-ball defending. Dude, he ball watches. He ball watches and loses his man all the time. And you, you just have all these guys on Chelsea Twitter that don't want to ruffle feathers and don't want to lose followers and don't want to piss anybody off and instead write generic tweets like, oh, man, Pulisic was fire today. Give me a thousand fucking likes. Get out of here, dude. I see right through your your uh, monotonous uh, Twitter-friendly bullshit. Get the fuck out of here. Um, but no, nah, dude, I- I'm sorry. As Philoqueta ball watches and loses his man. And it is so frustrating that nobody has the balls to call him out on it. I have the balls, big balls, can't wear underwear. Balls can't fit, but no one else (laughs) seems to have the balls to do it. So what do you, what do you think Marv? I know you have a point to make, so go right ahead. Um, Well, if we're talking about Aspie, yeah. I mean, uh, that one V one thing used to annoy me. I mean, I don't have anything really against him per se but the, the back the, the the problem i have with his defending has always been the same it's those crosses into the back post it always seems to concede mm-hmm. um all loses that battle um and i mean yeah maybe he, i mean he's done well for us considering the cost and everything um and i also think he's going to be playing for quite some time because i think we've got so many other issues to to address at this point but yeah i mean I wouldn't say he was the worst, but yeah, obviously, now that we haven't won uh, the trophy, we've just come fourth. In my opinion, this is not a great season. So we have to look at some of the playing and, and the defence in general. And we have to look at it, I think, more as a unit. But it just has not been good enough. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's down. Um, what Shane said, I think, was a really good point because the disconnect between midfield and, and defence is what I think is causing a lot of it. Because how do fairly competent, good defenders, at least, moderately good defenders can see that many uh, right. of time. And I don't think it's on uh, Lampard um, uh, at all. In fact, maybe a little bit for changing the system often. But um, I'm, I think there's something got to be done. We need to sign players and, and think more. Also, Kali just said at one point, think a bit more about defensive, the defensive side. And there are players out there. And I, we, if we don't invest in this area, we're going to see the same thing again next season with a couple more goals added to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I got to give Chelsea props for being so progressive with the signings that they've made. Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, Hakim Ziyech. But they do not address the pressing issues that we really have. Uh, I love those players, and I'm not going to say that they're surplus to requirements because they just made our team a hell of a lot better than it was six months ago. Okay, so I'm down with all three right. of those signings. But if we're not buying Declan Rice and if we're not buying Ben Chilwell and Andre Onana, then we are just going to be an incredibly top-heavy team. What do you think, Kamal? No, spot on, spot on. Just because we can score all the goals in the world, but, you know, as the American saying goes, you know, defense wins championships. So, you know, you, you, look, at, you look at Liverpool, 
as a perfect I hate using them as a role model example, <laughs> but I just have to in this case. You know, they, they invested in Sadio Mane, Salah and so on, and their attacking was on point, but they still lacked something. And what was that? It was Virgil van Dijk. It was Alisson. They got those two in and they dominated the league for the last two years and, and in Europe too. So, yeah, we need to invest in in the defence. There's just no doubt about that. Need a keeper that can organise and can, you know, is a presence. So, I understand, you know, we'll, we'll be able to beat the lesser teams, as they say, quote-unquote, that play a low block and stuff like that. But when it comes to the big boys, we're going to have to do something defensively. Otherwise, it's just not going to work What do you think, out. Paul? Well said. Uh, I think you saw the limitations of this group of players this season. Uh, inconsistent. Could blame it on the youth, partially. But when it really came down to it, not good enough to take the next step. We should have gotten third, at least. Mm-hmm. At least. And no trophy. Had a shot at it. Didn't get it. But as much as as much as much we can talk about the defense, um, let's also talk about how basically it was a tale of two seasons, right? Gunners, for example, very different seasons. Arteta came in. They turned it around since the restart. They've been a top four team. Uh No doubt. For Chelsea, we've been consistent. We've had some good spots, some bad spots, no matter where you look in the season. So, absolutely, defense needs to be changed, uh, need to be additions there. But I'm looking at Lampard, definitely. He's got to learn from this. Yeah, he's made some very naive mistakes. And I don't care that he's the best player we've ever had. I am not judging him on his past behavior. I'm judging him as a manager. I don't care about what he did as a player because what he did as a player is unassailable. So it's no, there's no use bringing it up. He was a god. Okay. But as a coach, as a manager, there are serious holes in his managerial philosophy and there are some serious and egregious missteps that he has made throughout the season and i'm going to address one of them right now when you play well in a four three or in a three four three and let's say uh game against tottenham perfect example we were awesome right because we played a three four three but what happened who did we play right after that and shane knows the answer to this because we played arsenal and we played a three four three you and I, Emery, knew we were going to play a 3-4-3. So what did he do? He countered that. And we were so bad for the first 30 minutes. And we even conceded a goal. But we were so bad for the first, first 30 minutes that Frank Lampard had to make a sub and change the entire formation during the first half because he didn't think that Umay Emery would know it was coming when everybody and their mother knew the 3-4-3 was coming. And if you know what's coming, it's very easy to plan for it. Same thing with Bayern Munich. Same thing with Valencia. He doubled it. And the, the other teams just knew it was coming. And they smashed us for it. So what's, what's your grade for Lampard on the season? C-plus. For sure. And a little it, harsh considering I he did do just top not four. care. We have a bunch of really good players. We should expect top four every year, which is Mateo Kovacic, not just my favorite Chelsea player, but my favorite player. 
Uh, he is my player of the season. I wanted to put that in as well. All right, let's go. Uh, everybody's uh, great for Lampard. Come on. Um, I'm going to go B minus. Um, at the beginning of the season, I'll be honest, I will hold my hands up. And I was, going, I was one of those fans that assumed, you know, we're going to be a top seven, eight team. I wasn't expecting anything <laughs> just based on bringing in championship players into the team, losing Hazard, yeah. you know, one of the players of my all-time mm-hmm. favorites. You know, so I was just like, all right, we're going to be screwed. Um, but, you know, now looking at the season and how it's gone on and using context, you know, Man United have been terrible. Arsenal been terrible. Tottenham been terrible. None of these teams you expect to be this shit. And typically they're contending for top four. And let's be real. This is the worst top four race in, it in is. history. Um, <laughs> it's the season. most conceded. Yeah. No, this was worse, man. This is like the worst the amount of points needed, goals conceded, losses. This is absolutely outrageous. Um, so B plus because, you know, he, he brought in the youth and that movement. And I get that. I can see how he's trying to progress the team. Um, and his pulling power, let's not be real, you know, Timo Werner and Hakim Ziyech, yeah. said, Lampard was a key factor to them coming. But as you said, defensive frailties, uh, some disgusting performances this season. The 3-1, you know, we West Ham did the double. The for us. double. Shepard, you know, so, so many disgusting performances. So, B, B minus. How, how about you, Marv? Um, I'm going to go with the same, probably B minus, um, mainly because if we're talking about if, if it was about the the club, the team, I would have gone lower. But um, if we're talking about the you know second year manager, I expected to top four as well. Um, I, I wasn't subscribing to that top ten bullshit. I mean, we, we only yeah. lost one. We lost a great player, but there was still other good players yeah. on the team. Um, we still should have been able to finish. The, like, I mean, Leicester are an outlier, but I expected us to beat Man United. All they did was buy two defenders and only one was good. So I expected us to to just face opposition from Tottenham for that third place. So I thought my prediction would come fourth or fifth um, and I wanted us to compete for a cup, which I guess we did. But the fact that we've lost that cup has really kind of... The reason why I'm down on it is because we've not lost to a team that is better than us. We've lost to a team that we're a lot better yes. than. No offence no offense, no offense, no offense to him on the podcast. Quite, seems like quite a nice guy. But it's um like a team we really should have been. And because we haven't, that's taken down my rating. So I would have given it a 5 out of 10. For me, top four, it's a glorified failure. Um, but if we're, if we're judging Lampard, I mean, look what he had to work with. Yeah, like, like Kamal said, a bunch of championship players. And, and I think we've done better than realistically the squad is, but we were a bit lucky as well, thanks to people like Pulisic playing and being even better than everyone imagined. I thought it would be mm-hmm. great, but it happened a lot quicker. Well, well, I mean, to say that losing Hazard was just this catastrophic thing, I mean, Mason Mount and Pulisic recreated his contributions in the aggregate. You look at the goals and assists, they became him. So uh, I just I just think that if we do, if we did not have aspirations of top four, then those that did they're simply wrong because we do have really good players and we're about to be way better. And Arsenal, Shane, I bet you're quaking in those boots. Uh, what do you what do you think of uh, what do you think of Lampard for a grade, Shane? I'll give Lampard a B. Okay. And he had one job to get Champions League soccer and give the youth experience. See how good they are. He did that, and they have a clear plan going forward. I give him a B. Okay, Paul, how about you? Yeah. I agree with Shane. B, at the end of the day, 
he got the job done. Wasn't always pretty. Uh, I don't think it's fair to anybody for anybody to think otherwise for first year, you know, Premier League manager, uh, albeit a Mensa, but still, it's, it, it's not easy. And he got the job done. I think next season we're going to learn a lot about Lampard and really what what he wants to do as far as style and how good of a manager he or, or I guess how much he's learned this season. You know, it's interesting. This is another thing that I hold against Lampard. Taylor Twelman tweeted out this tweet that said something along the lines of there goes Pulisic again, making sure that he is reminding everybody that he is healthy and that he can play. It, it, Frank Lampard's favorite thing this season was saying, oh, Pulisic can't play. He took a knock. He took a knock. It's like, what are you talking about? If Pulisic comes out and says I'm healthy and then you say he's not, what the hell is going on here? Marv, I want to know what you think of that because I think Lampard – has intentionally left him out of games and lied about the reasons why. It's quite interesting, but I mean, I mean, I look at it at another angle that he's expecting to prove something, I guess. But like the second he was left out, you know, when he started playing, I was just amazed. He come on, he, he won the game. It was like Villa. Uh, since then, he's been by far the best player. Mm-hmm. In the club. So, can you say he, even if he has been put under pressure to do something, or he's been left out, he's came in and he's done the job every single time. Yep. And actually, right. a huge reason why we're in the position we are is because of how brilliant he's been. Yep. Oh, what about you, Kamal? Yeah, it's a strange one um, because at the beginning of the season, right at the beginning, you know, he kind of he featured the first couple of games, and then he went through a period of just not playing at all. And I was just like, what? What is that about? Like, it made no sense to me. And I kind of trusted Frank's intuition at the beginning because I was like, maybe he's just trying to protect him, trying to get him acclimatized to the league, you know, the physicality of it and such. But it was interesting, you know, when Christian Pulisic came out and said he was healthy and Lampard said, no, no, he's got an adductor injury and so on and so forth. So I, I definitely questioned that for sure. So it's, it's a strange one. Yeah, I mean, and people will say, oh, this is uh, internal motivation to get him to work harder. I don't really think you have to motivate Pulisic to work harder. He seems like no, 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 a naturally no. hardworking, bust-his-ass type of guy. Let, let's be fair, too. You're not going to trade wins for motivation or some, you know, the best players are going to play. You're going to put them on the pitch. Yeah, correct. and, and uh, when Pulisic did not play, that is Frank Lampard risking results to, I don't know, try and prove a point. I just don't surmise what that point he's trying to prove is. Well, let's not forget the latest Liverpool match. Yeah, that's true. It was obscene. obscene. He left Pulisic in good form, left him out of the starting squad, brought him on, and he absolutely turned the game on the head to the point on its head to the point where we almost drew with Liverpool. Right. And a, and a, a match that we had absolutely no business being in the game based on before him being subbed on. Oh, would you say that the 343 didn't work? Cuz I would. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't guessed that. I, I thought you liked that oh, formation. Oh, Marvito, you clever little <laughs> bastard. <laughs> All, right. All right, so Carlito, to ask you a quick question. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to no, interrupt someone. Go ahead. Um, so on the on the three four three thing, I just want to get your take on Conte's season when he won the league. What's what's uh, your take on that? We surprised everybody. 
we surprised everybody and three four three okay. was not a fashionable formation uh at the time sure. it, it was it's an italian formation and we just caught everybody by surprise and on top of that we just had a really really good striker uh <laughs> that just bowled yeah. the hell out of everybody but here's another thing and this is where i think we pulled one over on everybody uh how do you beat a uh, midfield of just Fabregas and Conte? You go right down the middle. And we, yeah. we for some reason, got away with it. And we had like 13 well, wins because, in a row. And I'm sitting here thinking... No, but that's because Fabregas didn't play. Right. In that 13, that's the reason we were so shit the following season, because that overrated player like played most of the games. When we played the... The, we won the season under Conte. Matic, it was Matic, you know, you're right about that. Exactly, exactly right. Fabregas would come on. He most of the matches he didn't start right. for that reason. He was so immobile at that point, but he could still pass. You know, right. better than but anybody so else. Was, so was Matic. Matic is not a mobile player either. And I was very confused as to why teams did not just go right down the middle on us when we have such a gaping hole in there. But they didn't do it. And he's a great. He's a great defensively. He's a very good player. Him, him, and Kante together were fantastic. Exactly, defense. exactly. Name, name a better defensive duo than those two. Uh, it's tough. And let's not forget who was centre backs as well. So we had like John Terry, Cahill, and like David Luiz. So yeah. That, uh, you should have left David Luiz out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, there's sometimes where David Luiz can show. Yeah, great. when he doesn't have to mark it. Yeah. he kind of, kind of did a little bit. Just one. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, he was playing. Sweeper, and if you're playing sweeper, yep. you don't have to mark anybody. He's underrated. Oh, he's he is he is awful. Shane has Let's... Shane has to cheer for that <laughs> player. Hey. Hey, he wasn't awful yesterday. No, he wasn't. And let's let's just be fair too. Antonio Conte's three four three is a much different system than Frank Lampard's, uh, and yeah. oh, he yeah. is no, no, he no. is a defensive manager. So you know the defensive record, it's it's almost. You know, two extremes of that formation, you could say. You could also argue, I mean, the competition wasn't as good. I mean, we it wasn't this version of Liverpool. It wasn't that version of City. I mean, it's not really an excuse, but it does add to it a little bit. If you get a run of wins, um, you know, and remember, we uh, as another point, one of you made a minute ago, we did have the two things you really need, right? You need a top creator and a top striker, and we yeah. have both. So we had that. Plus the system, it was oh, okay. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. And one game a week. Yeah, one game a week. That helped, too. But really, I mean, <laughs> yeah. when you look at the way that we played 3-4-3 three, three under Conte, uh, we sat back a lot. We did not oh, press. Yeah. We were not a pressing team. 19% mm. possession against Man City. Y'all remember that? I do. Um, oh, yeah, we I'm did not press at all. We were a counterattacking team. We're not a counterattacking team now. We're a possession-oriented, so- uh, progressive team that presses. Suffer ball, Carlito. Suffer ball. You have to suffer. <laughs> Fuck that people shit. Complained, people only complained when, when it didn't work, but they forgot oh, when it did work. Oh, when it worked, it was beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Although, but, but, I mean, like, let's just look at this one particular game. For example, we beat Tottenham 2-1. to one. They blew us out of the water. We should not have won that game in, in the season that we won the league under Conte. When Moses scored the winner, I thought we competed brilliantly in that game. I thought the game we lost 2-0, we played really poorly. And that was two Aspie mistakes back post Deli Ali. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, Paul, what else? I know we've gotten some some player of the season, so let's just go through them quickly. Go ahead, Marvito. 
I'm changing my initial pick on other podcasts and I'm going with Pulisic. Nice. Ooh, nice pick. <laughs> Kamal, what do you got? I'm just sticking with Kovacic. He's been most consistent for me throughout the season. So amazing. So amazing. And yet, and there are people on this podcast right now who did not want us to spend 40 mil to get him. I will, they will that remain nameless. I was, but, uh, <laughs> I was uh Shane, how about you play the season for Arsenal and Chelsea? Uh, Arsenal, it'll be Aubameyang. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chelsea, it's going to be Kovacic. Paul, how about you? I, I'm gotta go Kovacic just for the sole reason of his consistency pre restart. Post restart, he actually wasn't as dominant, but he did it differently. He put in the hard work, he did the things uh for Jorginho to allow him to really stay on the pitch and he was more solid defensively. Um but in the restart before Williams injury Got to give him a shout out. Yeah, great. Player. And then also Pulisic, obviously. Giroud in the restart. Mm. I don't know what we'd do without him. All right, so I want to have my, I want to have this last question, and I'd like to uh, go through everybody. Who are we buying and who are we selling? Go ahead, Kamal. Oh, nice. Okay, all right, so signing. Is this as hopeful or is this as realistic? Uh, I only deal in reality, so realistic. Okay. <laughs> Sure. So realistic, as we know, so Ziyech and 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 when are already here, um, I think Kai Havertz is pretty much a done deal. We're just waiting for that yep. to be announced. Um, I would love Declan Rice, just like half the fan base would, as you as I want him captain too. I don't I don't understand where this narrative he can't be captain. No, bring him in, be captain. He's a leader, no doubt. Um, De- Declan Rice, Andre, on, sorry, go ahead. Declan Rice, yeah, captain of Chelsea. Declan Rice, oh. yes. Fuck yeah, dude. He is he is a man's yeah. man. He's legit. What, what, what position is Absolutely. he? Center back, baby. No, no. Mid, he's, he's actually much better in midfield. I, I don't get that. I think that he can right. play center back as well, but I'm not sure that that's where he's going to be brought to, to kind of... Do we really need another midfield, though, Marv? Um, I think we need to lose a few <laughs> So do I. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So, come on. Go ahead and finish your point. Sure. So, um, Andre Onana, I'd like to see in just based on the value... Um, Kepa can go. Left back is a tough one for me. If we can get Chilwell for the value, then absolutely bring yeah. him in. If not, if not, then I honestly don't know. I know we've been rumored with Tellers and Tagliafico. I, I honestly don't know. Um, but to sell, there is so many. Um, Kepa, Rudiger, Christensen, Emerson, Alonso. Um, let's go up the pitch. Jorginho, um, you know, Mitchu Bachuai, Barkley. Yeah, that, that, there's a there's a lot. That How about be. you, Marv? Um, all the same for sales. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to buy um O Black, Alfonso <laughs> Davies, Mbappe, Julie Bali. Yeah, right. Uh, we might we might want to kind of throw in uh, Declan Rice. I know. Um, I think. I mean, hopefully Rice will be a deal. I'm a bit concerned. I'm, I have to admit, I'm very worried that if what and when this Havertz thing happens, and I think it definitely will, um, what, what money is remaining for the positions? Sales, man. Like, sales, sales. I mean, yeah, maybe. Maybe sales gets that done. I'm not totally sure. But hopefully it does. How about you, brother man? Um, Arsenal should go get either Koulibaly or Upamakanto. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Upamakano, yeah. 
Yeah, they I should think, get those two. And they should get Thomas Party as well. Well, Upa Makano is going to cost more because he just extended his contract. Uh, 50, 50 million. Yep. 50 million is his. That's, it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. You could get Gabriel, uh, that other center back. Nah, I'm I'm tired of these. Like, so Arsenal got these like <laughs> ball playing center backs that can't defend. We need a big, tough, rough African center back who's gonna kick people and make people afraid. <laughs> He's gotta be African, though. He's gotta be African. <laughs> He's like, like soft center back who no one's scared of. Like, yeah, we need like tough players. Like, like I don't like Sabayos and give me party and go get um. The core from Watford, like that's the type of players Arsenal need. Like we need some athleticism. We need people going to run at people. Teams are going to be scared. Yeah. Because I open up spaces so we can play the ball. Football's all about movement and space. I don't get all these like Tabellas throwing around like he's a ballerina. Like someone should have kicked him yesterday. Like he does all these flashy things. He doesn't go anywhere. Um, so um, we, need defenders. we need big, strong, athletic defenders. Part, what, Partey what, what, is going to cost a lot. Buy him. I am. 50 million euros is the report, isn't it? For, for I party. highly doubt it's that cheap. I think it's going to be even more. Athletic That's Madrid, really... Atletico Madrid are assholes at this shit. I think he, he has a release clause. I think be 50. Yeah, I think it will yeah. be 50. I think Arsenal offered a bit less right then. Yeah. So I think they need to. Yeah, pay, Arsenal uh, offered Guendouzi and, and 20 or 30 million. Yeah, they, they just had to stay <laughs> and slide that one in there, huh? It's like, hey, please, oh, please take Lord. this world class player off our hands. Can you can you imagine him at Atletico? He, <laughs> he, for he Simeone? For probably, Simeone? He'd probably be great in that system. Can you imagine the first time he gives Simeone any lip? He's going to break him in half and shave his fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> so what What about Kolinasic and... Uh, Kolasinac? So- yeah, and Socrates. They, they're a little bit of steel for you, Mamba. Nah, so so Socrates is um I'll keep Socrates for another for another season. I'll keep him. Um but he doesn't play the ball like Arteta wants, but he's a warrior. Uh, he has one year left on his contract. He costs like fifteen million. I can deal with him expiring. Um mm-hmm. Arsenal need to move Kalasanish on. They need to call him Chambers, Rob Holden. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how about you, Paul? Um, I'm very interested to see what happens with Jorginho in the summer. Uh, I think N'Golo Conte is going to be the starter in that position come next season. We already know. Go ahead, Carlito. No, no, no. Go right ahead. <laughs> we already know Pedro's gone. I think Barkley's gone. Kepa, good Lord. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what the hell's going to happen there. Emerson's gone. Um, coming in, I hope Havertz. And otherwise, we get a left back. It's got to be Chilwell. I don't see much else out there as far as names being mentioned. But we do have a good good uh, history of just bringing in somebody that nobody's ever heard of or, or at least been mentioned before. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we're going to have any money left to spend on center back. Koulibaly. He looks like himself again, but he's not. He's only getting older. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is that you want all these players' ages to line up. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why I want Ben Showell, not Tagliapico, who's about to turn 28 years old and plays in a league right. that's not England. 
and he's five yeah, foot eight. He is tiny. Really gonna help I, I'm getting really gonna mad help Felipe Luis vibes, man, and I don't like it at yeah. all. Uh, here's my here's my departures. Uh, number one, um, Marcus Alonso. I hate him. I think he sucks. Uh, number two, <laughs> Mishu Bashuai. He he is an embarrassment. He embarrasses me personally. Me uh, number three, Pedro and William are on their way out, although I absolutely love William. I think he's going to Arsenal. Um, number four, I want N'Golo Conte to be sold uh, because I think that Ooh. we can get $100 million for him still, and I think we can dupe somebody into thinking that he still has gas left in the tank when I don't think he does. Uh, so that whole where Kamal and Marv said, I'm worried about where the money's going to come from, I think we're going to sell him. Uh, I also think is going to leave, and uh, – uh, Keppa definitely, he's gone, and it's it's not that I don't like him because I like Keppa, but his his he, emotionally, he's he's a wreck, he's a wreck, and I don't know if he'll recover from this unless he goes back to Spain and gets a new hot girlfriend or something. Because mentally, he is he is not there, and it's it's just painfully obvious. For players coming in, Timo Werner, Hakim Ziyech, both are going to start. Uh, I think he, Timo Werner is actually going to be our starting striker, which is a very curious thing for what Tammy Abraham and his contract situation is right now. Although there's a clause that was triggered that he now has three years left on his deal. I don't know if he's going to stay uh, because he's not better than Timo. Uh, Kaya Verts, obviously, it just hasn't been announced yet, but I'm just waiting for Fabrizio Romano to say, here we go. And, uh, and <laughs> then, you know, I, as a D-mid, I would like Kovacic to actually play D-mid. Uh, in, with Mason Mount and Kyle Verts in front of him. That's my midfield triangle, ideally. I think Ross is going to be included in a deal with West Ham for Declan Rice. And then Ben Chilwell. Yeah, dude, we, we need we need Ben Chilwell. And people that think that he's not a good player, I'm sorry, I just don't respect your opinion. So you need to stop coming at me with this, Ben Chilwell, what are you, fucking an idiot, Ryan? No, I'm not. <laughs> I respect my opinions because – they're factually based, and he's very good. So I think we need to bring him in. Andre Onana, yeah, I like him a lot. That that uh, that save he made when he played against us, Mishi turns and oh, rips, rips the ball. And Onana on a dime, that ball dies right on his hand. And it was just, it was, I was like, holy shit, Paul, we need to get this guy. So yeah, he's really good. Uh, which and it would be an upgrade at least mentally uh, at that position because our our keeper is fried. Um, so that's that's where I'm at, and then uh, hopefully we fire Frank Lampard and hire Mauricio Pochettino, and we'll keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, lamps, lamps can stay. I just he needs to stop pissing me off with this three four three shit because it's driving me insane. <laughs> I'm literally losing brain cells. Um, all right, Paul. Any any final thoughts? It's been fun, fellas. Thank you, guys. How about you, Marv? Any final thoughts? Awesome. Thank you, guys. It was yeah, good it was. fun. It's an interesting one. Uh, Kamal, how about you? Uh, one final thought. Um, on your Kepa thing, I have to plug this. Uh-huh. Um, statistically statistically speaking, um, Andre Anana's worst ever saves percentage season is still better than Kepa's best in his entire career. So that's something to think about. I am just starting to really think we did not properly vet Kepa before we bought him. Oh, it was a panic buy. There's no doubt. Uh, but on top of that, thank you very, very much for having me on. I really yeah, it was that. good. It was good. How about you, Shane? I just want to say thanks again for having me. 
And, you know, it's feeling good to want a trophy this year in a very tumultuous season uh, and beating Chelsea. <laughs> it was a great end to the season. I'm going to enjoy this for the next 27 days until the season resumes. Yeah. We will be, we will be back. I cannot believe very, very that we day. let that apple bottom skull Bavs off the hook. <laughs> now I have to look at his jiggling ass for the next month. God damn it. He's so annoying. Uh, all right, fellas. That was great. I had a good time. Apologies for swearing so much, but that's just kind of my style. All right, guys, this has been great. And uh, this is the London's Calling Podcast. Up the blues, all that shit. Goodbye. Arsenal.